0: You're listening to the Bearded Theologians Podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. This week on the Beardcast, we have Bishop Cynthia Harvey, who is the Bishop of the Louisiana Conference of the United Methodist Church. After interviewing Bishop Harvey, we discovered that it would be best to have her interview be a two-part series, so you're listening to one of the parts of the two-part series. We hope you enjoy listening to the Beardcast. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians Podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach
1: Bechtold. And today we have uh, a special guest returning with us. We have uh, Bishop uh, Harvey all the way out from uh, Louisiana, um, her Episcopal area, and she's coming back on. We had her on uh, a few months ago, and uh, she, she for whatever reason, agreed to come back on and spend some time <laughs> with us. <laughs> uh, but we're, Bishop Harvey, we're glad to have you back. And... Um, um yeah it, the the floor is yours.
2: Oh wow. Gosh. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. You guys were fun to be with. So uh this is a great way for me to to spend my morning anyway. It's a rainy day in Baton Rouge. Uh so that's always kind of interesting for us. Um but last time we were together, we talked about uh, our flood recovery and, and where we were. And I think we were in the, the kind of the beginning stages uh, of that work. And, and now we have throngs and throngs of people coming to Louisiana, which is great. Uh, we have, um, you know, the summer's pretty well booked up. Uh, there are actually weeks that, you know, unfortunately, we've had to turn some folks away, um, mm-hmm. which I hate to do that. But it has to do with housing And just our ability to manage uh, that number of people. We have one week right now scheduled. I think it's the end of June, maybe, uh, where we have like 400 uh, youth coming. So it's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do with all of them? But uh, we've got plenty of work. It's just trying to get it staged uh, and and the right having the right people come at the right time for whatever stage that it's in. You know, you don't want electricians to come when there is no electrical work to do or our kids, you know, who can paint and build a wheelchair ramp, you know, or whatever. So uh, we're working on that and trying to coordinate that and trying to get some staffing around this because as you recall, when when uh, August 11th hit, we were still recovering from a March flood earlier in the year. And then we had this. And and so we had to build staffing really, really quickly. And then I don't know, this kind of fell off the radar, but um, just a few months ago, about a month or so ago, we had a A tornado in uh, New Orleans. So, and that's really unusual. A tornado in New Orleans this time of year was the end of winter. You know, that's just doesn't happen often. About 600 homes were damaged. So now trying, you know, and we're, we're pretty well, you know, we're pretty well stretched right now with the flooding piece. So, you know, how do we address the needs of the people in New Orleans Uh, and working through partners mostly in that regard. And there's something called an unmet needs table where, all of the organizations gather, and this is where the last, the lost, the least, these are the people that, you know, can't get FEMA, can't, this is, they're at the end, unmet needs, uh, basically, and and so how do we work with some partner organizations to make sure we get help in those places, but, you know, it it just, um, it stretches our clergy, it stretches our churches, uh, and sometimes in a good way, um, churches uh, are doing some great hospitality uh, work, they're, um, there, uh, people are like, oh, can we go stay at, you know, that church? Cause they, we heard from somebody else that they were great. So, you know, that's been kind of fun to see people find kind of a new, a new place of ministry through hospitality and, and receiving some of these teams. And so the work continues I and mean, we're in this for, as I had said before, um, a long haul and, um, you know, it, it is, um, It is complicated and it's, it's so, this was so widespread that, you know, you're dealing with all these different parishes and so all these different government structures. And um, so I think we're, we're getting past some of the, those kind of bumps in the road and, and being able to really focus on the needs of the people. So You know, that's Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana, you know, it it is the place where we we, we always kind of deal with the unusual, and so this is just one of those times, and we're still waiting, by the way, on, you remember that in the midst of all the flooding, we had the shooting of a young African-American man and then three police officers, and we're still waiting on the DOJ, the Department of Justice, to make their decision on on the Alton Sterling uh, shooting so you know we're we're always kind of holding our breath for what when will that be and it's been a long time so um, in the mid you know in the middle of all of that we did have this flood that brought people together And I hope that we remember that uh, when that decision comes that we remember, oh my gosh, yeah, we were better together uh, at that time. So, um, you know, we're always just waiting um, and prepared, trying to to prepare for whatever might be in front of us. Um, So, you know, we're we're busy down here uh, in South Louisiana and certainly all of Louisiana. It's appointment season, you know, yeah, that little mix to it all. (laughs) you know, one of the things that I have to remember, you know, I'll make a call to a clergy person this time of the year ask about something else mm-hmm. and you know, the phone doesn't stop ringing, you know, they're like, yes, yes, Bishop. Uh, cause they think <laughs> like, first thing I say is this is not about an appointment uh, <laughs> because I know that everybody's anxieties are running high. So, um, yeah, so we're, uh, and, uh, I was telling uh, one of you before we got on, uh, that last night I got to spend the evening with these amazing um, young people. Uh, We have two, well, we have several very strong Wesley Foundations uh, in the state of Louisiana. But here in Baton Rouge, there's Southern, which is a historic black uh, university, and LSU. Both have great uh, leaders and, and a great group of kids. And they did their worship last night together. And my husband and I took dinner and, um, and then I did, I preached the worship service there. Were, gosh, I'm going to guess close to a hundred, um, uh, young people there, which was really pretty exciting. Uh, we thought, Oh my gosh, you know, we cooked whole pork for days. This is a lot. you think they'll, you know, well, they'll eat it all. Uh, yeah, they ate it all. Uh, so we, that's what we wanted, we didn't want to have to leave any behind, but, um, It was just great. You know, they have such great questions Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they're really, you know, thinking about what's next for them. Those who are discerning a call to ministry. Uh, we talked about exploration that's coming up and, um, the, the Wesley foundation person at Southern is on the design team for Explo this time. So, you know, it was really kind of cool that um, we got to talk about that a little bit uh, I got to tell them that you know, that's the most fun I've ever had preaching is when I got to preach of exploration, uh, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I would do it again in a minute. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it's just, uh, that's where I go get my energy, you know, on days where like I'm, I'm spent, I just, you know, can't go anymore. You go hang out with a hundred of these young people and it's like, ha, okay, I could, I could do this. Uh, you just borrow energy. So, you know, yeah. And,
1: and speaking from experience as being a, a former Wesley director here in New Mexico, anytime a Bishop shows up and just shows up to hang out with the kids, it, it really means a lot. Not, not only to the, uh, you know, person in ministry, but those kids, they're going to remember that. And, yeah. and that authenticity and, and genuineness of you and your husband just coming and feeding them one, uh, right. because that's big deal in the life of yeah. a college student as food. Yeah. Um, but just that, I, I, I promise they're going to remember that for yeah. forever.
2: Uh, and, and I think what, what they also need to know is is how much that feeds us, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in a time where the church and the world are, you know, in chaos, um, how great it is to be with these just authentic, real, um, young people, you know, trying to decide, Oh my gosh, you know, am I going to have a job when I graduate? And this is my junior year. What do I start thinking about now? Um, you know, those are real questions for these young people. And, um, it's just, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's raw and it's real. Uh, so, I, and I said, you know, I'd come back. Gosh, I'm sorry. You can probably hear the thunder in the background. <laughs> uh, I said, you know, I'll, I'll come back. And they all kind of went, oh, well, you would? So we're going to, uh, next week, in a couple weeks, for finals, we're just going to take mm-hmm. a, um, a smorgasbord, uh, a buffet of snacks uh, just to have there because kids go there to study. Um, mm-hmm. At the Wesley at LSU, they are actually kids that live there. There's seven young people that actually live on the, on the premises. So, um, so pe- you know, their friends come, and so we're just going to go over and, and create a, a snack buffet for them during finals. Um, so it's just fun. And, you know, so um, uh, hopefully we did a little for them, but they did a whole lot for us. So. That's wonderful. Um,
1: you know, going back to uh, the, the recovery efforts, uh, we'll backtrack a little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that's good
1: the the thing that you that you said last time you were on that startled me I guess that that I didn't really grasp the the the, the gravity of was the time frame in which it was going to take y'all to recover uh, you'd mentioned it was going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of three to five years um, and and that the initial help is absolutely wonderful and it's needed um, but it's going to need to go way down the road. Um, for, for several years. And, um, you know, something that I want to remind folks that, that listen is, you know, if you, if you didn't make it out this summer, look next summer, you know, look next spring break, look next Christmas break. Cause, um, you know, it seems like y'all are going to need, need that recovery help for a while, especially as, you know, you all been hit hard this year uh, with the floods and now tornadoes. And like you said, uh, um, you know, the other shootings and things like that, that's, that's a lot to handle in one state.
2: Yes. And, you know, crisis, um, one of the things I learned when I was at UMCOR is, you know, disasters or crisis are cumulative. <laughs> mm. So one just sort of, you know, adds to the other. And and there, people will get to a point where they it's disaster fatigue. You know, they just, um, it's just a lot they can't handle anymore. So having these teams come in, and it's sort of like me going to the Wesley to get energy when teams come in uh energized and ready to help i think it also feeds our people a little bit gives them that little burst of energy Uh, but we're gonna i mean i'm i'm thinking three years minimum here Mm -hmm. um you know we're gonna work till the money runs out basically Um, that's how that's that's where we are Uh, but it's it's gonna be a long haul and you're absolutely right i mean this is if you didn't make it this time, um, there'll, there'll be plenty of work to do for, for quite a while. And, and the gift that these teams are to the community, um, you know, it's not long before, you know, the, the local Sonic knows who these people are because, you know, they go get a, you know, an, uh, the after the, uh, after they work or, um, churches who provide meals. I mean, it just gives the churches, um, sort of some hope that, you know, there are people out there that know that and hear. Because one of the things we learned in this storm uh, is a flood. Uh, now I know why the Weather Channel started to name all kinds of storms, like winter storms You know, now have names, and, uh, because otherwise they don't get any, any press. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can have you know, six trillion gallons of water and nobody talks about it. Uh, it also happened, you know. We were in the midst of an election, and I uh, always said we got trumped by Trump. Uh, you know, so that, you know, there are a lot of things going on that distracted people. So this at least gives us hope that somebody maybe did listen, uh, did hear the, the the cries of the needy um, out there. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, there'll be plenty to do for a while.
1: Absolutely, and. Oh, go ahead,
0: Matt. Uh, well, Bishop, having, um, you know, I'm born and raised in Oklahoma and ministered in Oklahoma in my career, um, I'm very familiar with disaster relief and yeah. uh, uh, that whole process. Um, has there been any talk within your conference about maybe doing some clergy training for um, spiritual direction or spiritual care during those times or like, um I know one of the things that I um, kind of got involved with in when I was uh, serving in Norman was um, learning about how to be able to, to better articulate the process to uh, our congregants because once they understood what the like kind of the recovery process looked like the whole process from disaster to you know end, um, we noticed that people were more willing to help long term um, because we talked we spent so much time in that inter like that first part that we forget to tell them that, you know, this is going to be a three to five year thing. Um, has there been any talk in your conference about maybe looking at just kind of some training to help train clergy to understand the lingo and to what the process needs to be for when a disaster happens um, to, to better help it? Cause I mean, I know Louisiana, just like Oklahoma, there's always some kind of storm coming through um, that causes problems. Have y'all thought about maybe implementing some kind of plan uh, for the future, for that,
2: what we've been working on is it, it's really it almost seems counterintuitive because we're doing training while we're actually responding to a disaster. Yeah. You know, uh, we're doing this connecting neighbor to neighbor. Um, that's a really a great program of preparing churches and clergy uh, to respond. That um, the we've got a lot of. Um, trained spiritual directors uh in our conference. So how do we use them uh in this response? Because I think you're absolutely right. I think that um uh, uh, <laughs> I hear a lot of children. Um it'll be important for our folk to understand that because it is such a long period of time for the response that um dealing with our spiritual health will be really important. Um, so we are doing some of that. And, you know, fortunately fortunately, and unfortunately, we've had to do that almost simultaneous. So yeah, we're man. responding to this. You're hosting a team. I know, oh, by the way, we have a training <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> but amazingly, you know, I was concerned, gosh, will people come. And we've had a lot, you know, a lot of great turnout uh, for some of these neighbor-to-neighbor. We're doing them in the districts. Um, then, you know, how do you provide spiritual care? How do we provide spiritual care to one another uh, in, our, in our churches, um, in our, for our clergy, for our lay people that, um, you know, in this particular disaster, you know, we had the, the pastor was flooded. You know, 85% of the people in the churches were flooded. So it's really hard to respond to your community when you yourself are in need so how do we do some of that so we're we are and I think you're absolutely right I think that uh, the spiritual care will component um, I think it is it actually becomes even more important as the time passes mm-hmm. um, than it is even at present
1: is that a way that maybe within the connection that we work as as pastors and as clergy, when we're sending our youth groups and our young adults and things, that that we look at that as leadership and say we can come out and help with the spiritual end of things uh, with the clergy that are present with the uh, with the church members?
2: Right, I think so, and I think even preparing your teams before they leave. Mm. Uh, in some conferences, you know, there's a really great disaster response structure others there's not so you know what kind of pastoral um, uh, training pastoral advice whatever you might give to your team you know it's not can you just swing a hammer Um, but you know this is what you're going to see this is what you're going to experience this is how people might be feeling when you get there so as clergy out there to prepare those teams um, more than just a, a prayer before they get on the bus, um, but to prepare the teams for what they might experience themselves. Um, and it, it, not only to what other people, the people that they're helping are experiencing, but to deal with our own feelings. You know, you, you go to a disaster site and you think, oh my gosh, I, I'll never forget myself going to, I mean, this was pretty dramatic, but um, going to Japan after the tsunami, um, uh, nuclear disaster and all, and I remember standing on the shore in this community um, and there was nothing there was nothing and you know, every once in a while you'd find kind of you know a broken plate sometimes you find like an unbroken plate which just you know blows your mind um, and the smell and all I, I, I kept saying is it smells like death here Hmm. Um, you know I, I didn't know how to deal with my own stuff at that moment you know I'm not sure I was prepared to provide pastoral care to anybody else because I was dealing with my own oh de- you know it's like I, I I was devastated when I saw what had happened in Oklahoma you know you go to a site after a tornado and and you have that same kind of feeling it's like a, and, and where do you even begin what do you do so you know I think preparing our team's for what they're going to encounter, what they're going to see, but then what they're going to feel themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, or you drive back into your driveway at home, uh, into your home. You know, you're like, Oh my gosh, I remember crying my very first mission trip, driving back into my driveway and thinking, I didn't realize just how, you know, how incredibly blessed, uh, I am here. Um, so, you know, come I think pastors, stuff that can help us prepare teams uh, for dealing with our own emotions uh, during those times. Um, I say that. I describe that event in Japan, and y'all, I can smell it mm-hmm. you know, in my own mind. You know, it's one of those memories that um, I, you know. I just go there in a in a second. Um,
0: yeah, when you, when you said that, it reminded us, or at least reminded me, I don't know about Zach, but it reminded me of the tsunami that we uh, survived when we were at Global Young People's Convocation. Oh, yeah. And, and the experience of that, just kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That that was a crazy year for me because I experienced not only where I was living in central Oklahoma at the time, I experienced the earthquakes, tornadoes, and then tsunamis. I was kind of like, I, I don't, I'm done. Like, I've, I've done it all just in a year. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think that that's important that we, um, mm-hmm. when we bring teams in uh, to a site, that we um, have them pay attention to their spiritual selves too, uh, because far too often we get this mentality. Oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna kind of the fix it Felix mentality where we go in, we're gonna, mm-hmm. we're gonna fix it, and we don't realize what what it really does to us. And <coughs> I think that that's where one of the things I think sometimes gets lost on mission trips is that ministry of presence. And that sometimes the biggest thing you can do for a community or for anybody is just being present. And it may be like, I remember um, I had a group come in to a tornado site and they were, their job was just to pick up papers because the school building had been, the, the building had been ripped, the top of the roof had been ripped off and all this, these papers were just out in the middle of this field. And this person was like, We're just picking up papers we're not doing anything like no like you're picking up papers this is like a huge thing for this community to have these papers back and 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 sometimes we we want to be like that big gung-ho job of you know like pushing and pulling it and we forget how sometimes those small little jobs of pushing paper or helping in an office area that may be a place that is overwhelmed by you know needs and stuff is, is so important and and one of the things that you brought up that kind of stirred up another memory is that those unmet needs tables, um, those are so important.
2: The unmet needs table that you were referring to is that place where we find out, you know, these people have exhausted all their resources, and um, here, you know, here we are, you know, we we can give you a thousand dollars for you know X, um, but I think that that's um, that's to me, uh, the best place we can actually be at a time like this.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I have to say the unmet needs table, um, in the last experience that I was at was like, um, kind of almost like a game show. Um, who's going to, you know, <laughs> here's here's what we have, uh, who's got funds. And, and there were, I would leave several meetings where I didn't get to be able to give out any money that I had to bring to the table. And I'd go back and my senior pastor's like, so how much money did you give away? I was like, I lost today. <laughs> I wasn't fast enough on raising my hand. Yeah. And, and, and that's a great joy to have. Um, and I know mm-hmm. so, I've said it, some amending tables where that's not been the case where right. we get creative on how we're going to, you know, build a fence for somebody. And, and that's always hard. And I think that that's where when we talk about long-term relief where um, we kind of bring the stories back. And I think that that's so important of bringing people back to what happened and here's what's happening and here's where we are. But yet we still have people that have unmet needs. And I think um, after watching several and been a part of several unmet needs tables, I, when it seems like when we come back to the story again, we are still we're we finally get to a point where we can't actually meet some of those unmet needs. And and it's always hard because there's always gonna be enough, you know, as soon as you get one disaster kind of, at a place, there's always another one. Yeah. Um, you, you've shared a lot of things that have brought you life, um, in, in your conference and the things that are going on. Great. Um, do you have anything else that you would love to share with us? Cause I mean, you've, you've got, you've given us some great stories and I know like for me, you've provided me with a lot of energy today. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so, um, the,
2: the thing that, um, and I would just say, um, and, it, and I hate to say that it took a disaster <laughs> um, for this. The, the support that Louisiana has received from across the connection has just been extraordinary. Um, we've raised a lot of money uh, and it's come uh, from annual conferences, it's come from little churches, it's come from all kinds of places. And um, you know, this is when the connection is at its best. You know, we lay aside all our um, differences and all the things that divide us. And we come together for such a time as this. And to me, that's just, that's great hope. Um, When, you know, gosh, you know, you read our own, when we read about our own stuff, uh, and then, you know, we get a check for $100,000 from a church or an annual conference. Uh, It's like, Okay. You know, um, we're, we're not checking anybody's theology. We're not asking any questions. We're just there uh, to do the work that God has called us to be about. And I think, gosh, can, can, we, can we just not do this uh, all the time? Um, and so it, it, for me, this, this disaster has given me a lot of, um, maybe more hope for the church and its unity. Uh, that we can come together on certain things. I mean, this is something I wouldn't want to lose um, right. because of, you know, some general conference decision. Uh, I wouldn't want to lose the fact that we can come together and help one another. And, um, I, you know, I, I, it just brings me a little more hope uh, and and the fact that we're not asking questions. I have this, you know, these great images of, of people saving people uh, after the floods and, and I think, gosh, you know, nobody asked any questions about that. Nobody asked, oh, gee, you know, uh, what is your theology about, you know, X? Nobody asked the question. They just tried to help their brother or their sister out of the flood floodwater. Didn't matter that you know, one was black and one was white. It didn't matter. They rescued their brother or sister out of the flood water. So um, I think that that, to me, that's a great model for who we are called to be as United Methodists, uh at certainly as as faithful Christians and followers of Jesus. So um hmm. it, it it's uh I know it might seem naive on my part, but like why can't we do this every day? Uh not a flood, please. <laughs> uh, a flood, please. <laughs> right. But you know, can we just say, you know, um this is what it means to help your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um you know I love I think it's Frederick Beekner that takes that um writes about, you know, who's your neighbor? And um, you know the the lawyer asks, you know, who's my neighbor? And I think he's expecting, you know, your neighbor is the person that lives, you know, thirteen cubic feet from you, and you know some legal description of the neighbor. And he doesn't get that. Um, so this is, I think, one of those other examples that you know our neighbor is, you know, out, anybody, you know, everybody out there uh, who is who is in need. Um, so I, uh, I, I, last night with the Wesley, um, title of my sermon is it's all about you because those young people are told every day that it's not about them. It's not about you. And I wanted them to know it is in fact all about you and what your right response is to the gospel. So when it says feed the hungry, clothe the naked, uh give drink to the thirsty, you know, what are you going to do? This is this is about you. The only thing you can control in all of this is who you are. So um, don't let anybody tell you that it's not about you. Uh, it is. Uh, when it comes to um, a walking around everyday disciple of Jesus Christ, it is all about you uh, and your right response to the gospel. So, you know, I I think about that, and I um, I think about the state of our church and our world and all the name-calling and finger-pointing and all of that. And I think, you know, it just comes down to love your neighbor. Um, love your neighbor. It sounds you know, easy, Bishop, right?
1: Oh, go ahead. It does sound easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that's why Jesus calls us to it, because it's not. <laughs> um,
2: exactly.
1: And, and you I know, something thought. that I – oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I have a person on the on our extended cabinet, that when we get into some of these very hard conversations, he'll say, "Why don't we just go love Jesus?" You know, it's <laughs> a really great response, actually. <laughs> just go love That's Jesus. Right. I'm sorry.
1: You know, so, something that I really, really uh, respect about you and your leadership, and and. Uh, try to try every day to take it as an example in my life. Uh, when you and I, we had a conversation at world Methodist. I don't know if you remember, right. but it was right yeah. at the, right at the beginning point. of all, all of the disaster. And, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, we were trying to get you on and, and do this live and and your heart just poured out and I was like, I gotta go be with my people. And, um, I follow you on social media and things not to be creepy, but you know, (laughs) but I also follow um, friends with a a lot of your clergy and lay people there in Louisiana. And I love, love, love watching your picture pop up in the various places uh, that we have mutual connection, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's you posting it or somebody else. And Mm Oh, by the way, Harvey's here. And uh, it's with both, clergy and lay and, and members of the church and when you talk about loving your neighbor and being neighbor you know and, and just loving people you're the you're you're not just saying it you're, you're living it and you're out in your conference you're out in your churches you're you're getting out there with your people uh, both on, on both ends clergy and the lay person and that speaks volumes um, and, and to, lead, to to go in it with that type of leadership is huge. It's huge for the church. It's huge for the conference. It's huge for, uh, the, 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 spiritual needs of the clergy and, and the members of your church. Um, and, and so when you talk about loving your neighbor, um, uh, I think people need to listen to you
2: because <laughs> you know, you're I, doing it. Uh, I was with, um, the last couple of days I had meetings, um, as I do, uh, several times a year with, um, pastors of large churches, pastors of medium-sized churches. And, and young clergy. And we were talking about, you know, some difficult challenges that we have. And I said, you know, kind of outline our decision-making processes. You don't have to agree with me. You know, this, you know, look, you know, I love you. You love me. Okay. We're, we're even on that. And you don't have to agree with me. You just have to help me interpret this to people. So I never want folk to think, you know, um, that, that means you have to agree and love every decision that we make. Um, that's not the case here in Louisiana. I, I don't, you know, I can handle the disagreement. I want us actually to have those kind of really valuable, rich conversations. Um, but I also want us to help interpret for one another what it is that we're really trying to do. And, you know, that, that's just a lot of deep, hard, uh, hard work. And I think we're making some great progress. Um, but... Um, I, you know, I love what we're doing here. Um, I love what I get to do every day. No, I don't love it every day. Uh, But uh, I I do, um, you know, I consider it a great privilege to be able to do this right now um, in this time and place.
1: Yeah. I I feel like you remembered you were in the middle of appointment season. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every day. Oh, Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh,
1: well, it's just, it's that time of year when, when your secretary called me, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> 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 when <the phone> rings. <laughs> well, we appreciate you pouring your heart out and, and everything that's going on in, in your life and in, in the world in Louisiana and, and, and within your people. Uh, thank you for that. We appreciate it.
2: Appreciate you. All right, guys.
1: Well, very good. Well, for the, um, for everybody else, we have some wonderful blogs uh, out on our website. If you'll check out beardedtheologians.com, uh, you can find our contributions there. You can also find uh, the back end of the 40 Days of Beardedness, the, the uh, Linton. Devotion that we wrote, and uh, if you haven't started, now is a great time to start and finish that out and uh, take you into Easter. Uh, you can also buy uh, shirts and coffee mugs and things like that uh, through our website. Everything that you uh, you spend and contribute goes back into the podcast and helps us make the, do this longer and better and, She's got her and mug. so on. Yes, Bishop Harvey has a mug. Yay! <laughs> um, but we all, um, um, on behalf of the Bearded Theologians, Bishop Harvey, we thank you for listening. Uh, I'm thank Zach Cvetkoff
0: and I'm Matt Franks. Thanks for checking us out. All right. Bye-bye, y'all. See you, Bishop. Thanks, Bishop. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening, and we hope that you share our content online uh, through Facebook and social media, and we hope that you check out our uh, Beardcast store at beardedtheologians.com and pick up some great Bearded Theologians gear. We hope you have a good day.